You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Today, my guest is one of the adult industry's brightest stars, Kristen Scott. If you subscribe to the old idea that porn stars can't act, well, you haven't seen any of Kristen's movies. Her role in Brie's coming-of-age drama, Teenage Lesbian, is one of the most riveting performances I've ever seen in an adult movie. And I've seen a lot of adult movies. So I sat down with Kristen to talk about her journey, how, contrary to popular belief, porn has actually helped her grow in so many ways. It's helped her overcome her crippling social anxiety. It's given her a community of people who she feels she can relate to. And it's provided her with financial independence and a career that she's proud of. But Kristen is also someone who's seeking balance. She's a spiritual practice and a desire to not only better herself as a performer, but also as a person. I really enjoyed talking to such a down-to-earth, self-aware, and intelligent woman, and I hope that you enjoy listening to her as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a chat with the uber-talented Kristen Scott. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am very excited to have one of the best adult actresses of our time, of our generation, Kristen Scott. How are you? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. What an introduction. I I know, right? (laughs) Thank you. I had a marching band. (laughs) I just... I couldn't fit in here, you know. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting back on the horse. I had to cancel... My shows last week because I was sick. So, oh, no. um, yeah. Yeah. I, so I like feel like it's been a while since I've done an interview. So, if I'm a little rusty, I apologize. It's all good. No worries. <laughs> um, so, you had quite a year. Yeah. 
Um, I just want to say like right off the bat, I absolutely loved you in Teenage Lesbian. Thank you. Um, that uh, new Brie Mills movie, which is like such a contender for, um, you know, best drama of the year. It's actually crazy because I feel like this year there are so many insanely good movies out and I'm just like, I really don't know who's going to win. Yeah. And I kind of almost wish that like people would have waited and like spaced that shit out because (laughs) there's like three distinct movies that I can think of that I think all, you know, deserve like the award. And that would be Teenage Lesbian, Perspective, Mm -hmm. and um, Caden Cross's new movie, which for some reason... Drive. Thank you. Mm -hmm. No worries. (laughs) And they're also distinctly different too, Mm -hmm. you know, like what I love about the difference between Brie Mills and Caden is Brie's movies are, are always like very much about like the, the story behind people's motivations and Mm -hmm. they're, they're very deep in in the way they get into people's characters and Mm -hmm. they're very like dramatic. They almost feel like mainstream movies that like sex scenes are in. Yeah. And then Caden's movies are always, so it's like Brie has these, incredible dramas um, where like sex is kind of built into it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like Caden has like sex where the drama is built. Like it goes the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah, Because hers are always like at the forefront about sex. Mm -hmm. And then like it turns like the sex drives the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I love both of them. Yeah. They're both like so unique. And I think it's just also really cool, you know, that the two like top directors right now are women. Yes. Oh, which is just so cool. It feels so good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. It's really like a wonderful time for women in the adult industry. Yes. So, um, so how was, how was doing that movie for you? Can you take us through maybe when Brie approached you with the project and yeah. um, when you first saw the script and just filming it and yeah. all that? Um, so she first approached me when I was signing for the adult time booth at, at AVN mm-hmm. um, this past year. And I didn't even know she was like writing a script like that or anything. She just like presented the whole idea and she's like, I know I want you for it. And I was so flattered. It meant so much to me that she was going to trust me with this project because it's based around her life story. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you felt a lot of pressure because basically you're representing her story and something that was so important to her. I mean, obviously Brie being a gay woman and then, you know, coming to terms with being gay at a young age yeah. is something that I think is, you know, a big step for, for everybody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I did feel a lot of pressure. I was so concerned. <laughs> I wanted to get it just perfect for mm-hmm. her. Um, but we did sit and have a lot of talks about just her experience growing up and like, you know, coming to terms with her sexuality in the nineties where it's kind of like the last decade of it being really, really difficult to navigate that. I mean, it's still difficult, but we have more resources on the internet. There's, there's lots of outreach programs, but it's, it's, it was really difficult for her. Um, and on top of that, like she didn't necessarily have the representation of what she wanted to be at that Mm -hmm. time. So it was, it was extremely confusing just not only to be discovering who you are as a person Mm -hmm. at that age, but then on top of that to be navigating something that hasn't entirely had a road like perfectly paved yet. People are still paving that, that road Mm -hmm. to it being, you know, completely, you know, like the, the, 
I feel like socially at the time, it was unfortunately still somewhat okay for people to bully others for that. Oh, and, totally. and now it's, it's like definitely a lot harder to get away with that. Yeah. So, um, I personally didn't have the same experiences that she did, you know, growing up and understanding that I was interested in women. So it was, it was definitely a lot of me diving into what I think she experienced and just sitting and having the conversations and hearing all of the stories of her in high school really, really helped me to step into the character, Sam. And it was incredible. There was so many tears. There was so much blood and sweat that went into that like film. Um, It was, it was such an amazing experience. I was just grateful to have the opportunity to like fully showcase my acting ability too within having an incredible story and an amazing cast. So it was, it was quite an experience yeah when you first got into the adult industry did you think that you would ever be actually acting in features and 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 focusing on uh, a part of movie making that so many people do not believe coincides with the adult industry at all you know the common myth is like oh porn stars can't act um which has been an accepted uh stereotype for a very long time even you know me myself 10 years ago, like, oh, of course they can't. Yeah. But yeah. that's changed so much now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I didn't anticipate that at all. And I, I grew up acting in like musicals and, um, I, I loved it. I took, I went to school for like modeling and acting for a little bit too. when I was a teenager and it, it was something that I was always passionate about, but I didn't think I would, it would fully apply to porn. Like mm-hmm. I thought the modeling background, I'm like, great. Okay. So I have some experience with this that will help me with porn. But then one day Brie started like booking for a feature that she was doing. It was half her age, um, a teenage tragedy. And when she um, put me in that movie, I, I was like, oh, okay. So this is next level. We're actually doing some serious acting. And I'm like, there's, some really intense topics that are being hit in this movie. And I, I did not expect it. And I felt like after that experience, it was like a whole new world opened up within porn for me because like, not only can I have an amazing sex scene with like great chemistry and passion and all that, but I can also tie in like a really interesting character and an interesting story and, and challenge myself in different levels at the same time. And it it was something that I was immediately, I just fell in love with. So I'm grateful that it ended up being something that I can do in this industry. So was that the first time that you had an acting role that you felt was like something serious? I mean, like there had been scenarios that I had been a part of, but when when you show up to set and you're shooting like one scene and, and you're spending one day on all of the mm-hmm. story kind of built around it, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't feel as serious as like a four-day feature mm-hmm. where like a you're lot- You're developing yeah, a character. Definitely. Yeah. Developing a character and like spending so much time in- the details of the shots that are like going in with the storyline and the intensity of, and the emotion with everything. Like I, I didn't anticipate ever diving that deep, I guess, into the feeling of what you're bringing across to the audience. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was the first time that I really had that experience and it was, it was really powerful. It got me really excited to keep doing more stuff like that. So You've done a lot of stuff for for Gamma, right? Yeah, yeah. Over the years, that's been great. (laughs) Yeah, it's really incredible to see this new era being ushered in where people are really 
pushing the feature market forward because mm-hmm. for so long, you know, in, in the beginning before the internet came along, a lot of movies were features and, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, films with sex in it. And then the internet came along and I think just creating content became so easy and so cheap yeah. Yeah. and everybody jumped on board because suddenly you had a platform where anybody could create a website. Mm-hmm. And so it really went to gonzo yeah. And kind of dropping any kind of storyline, any even any kind of introduction and just going right into the sex and, and mm-hmm. it became more about, you know, how hardcore you could be and that kind of thing. And now there's this swing back to to movies and to features and um, you know, great cinematography and really mm-hmm. spending a lot of time on creating these these moving pieces that speak to more than just you know, bang together sex scenes, stitched together with some loose theme about like a bad babysitter or yep, something like yep, that, yep. you know? <laughs> and it's been incredible to see these these really significant topics being tackled in the adult world, mm-hmm. which has always been, you know, the kind of joke of cinema. Yeah. But I feel like that's changed so much. So it yeah. must be really cool to feel like you're in a part of that wave. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to be like witnessing my perspective change of porn over mm-hmm. my whole career. I mean, I, I was happy to be in this industry. It was fun. It was, it was, I mean, I, I can't complain about having the opportunity to like have yeah. great chemistry with people and create a beautiful product and have a bunch of people enjoy that. But then on top of that to, to watch, I don't know, like I, it's, it's just morphed and changed for me so much that my perspective on the industry as, as far as like, like I, I saw it more as something just fun and, and convenient for me to do for a living. And as I've spent more time, I'm like, gosh, I, I love this community. I love what everyone's doing. I love the fact that there are way more female directors than when I first got in. There There's so many people trying to um, really pave the way to, to create more cinematic sex and and cinematic stories within porn yeah it's it's amazing to witness and like i i'm just blown away <laughs> when you came into the industry were you looking at looking at it as like a serious career choice that you were going to stick to or was it just something like oh i'll try this for a little bit i need to like pay off student debt or whatever it is and then like i'll jump to something else i didn't really have any expectations i knew that it was something i was really curious about and i really wanted to try and i i genuinely didn't have expectations of like i'm gonna do this just for like a couple of months and that's it or or i'm gonna try and make a career out of it but i liked all of the options all of the ideas at the time so i was like i'm just gonna try it and see how it feels and go from there. And once I was finally like really in the industry and had a handful of scenes under my belt, I was like, okay, yeah, this is something I want to do. So it it took me experiencing it to really know what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. What about the adult industry surprised you the most? Like when you got into it, whether like, what did you, what were some of these stereotypes perhaps for you that were shattered? Ah, let me think. Um, I guess I didn't expect productions to like, I I thought it was kind of like a one man show kind of deal. When you'd show up to set, it's like a POV style thing. I didn't think there was going to be a whole crew. I didn't think it was going to be like 
a well-oiled machine working, like as professional as it was. So that really surprised me and I was really pleased. So that was another reason why I was so happy to jump in and be like, I'm like, okay, everything's just as professional as, I mean, I, I mean, I just didn't expect that. Um, and then at the time I was really socially anxious. So I was super, super nervous to interact with people in a professional environment. I, I like did not know how to socialize when I first got in. So, um, I think I had this weird expectation that people are going to be super serious and like not nice and not want to help me and, and help me to, to learn more about how to perform, how to grow as a performer. Um, so when I finally grew the courage to like try and start asking people like, Hey, like, what is your advice for me? Like, do you, do you have anything to offer me? I, everyone was so, so, so kind and so welcoming. And I really just was, I had no reason to be fearful, <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, was, it was, uh, I mean, I think I think porn really ended up being a whole experience for me where I kind of just grew into myself within this industry because, I mean, I came in with crippling social, social anxiety and did not know how to interact with people at just like a base level. And it, it turned into this, you know, self-discovery experience through sexuality, through, you know, all of these super incredible people that just were like, I don't know, just very supportive of me and very kind. And yeah, I just had a great experience and I'm, I feel like I've come into my, my own in this business. So I've heard that from so many people Mm -hmm. and the common misconception is that porn destroys you and that porn will traumatize you. And it certainly has happened to people. You know, unfortunately everybody's experience is different and sometimes girls get mixed up with the wrong agent or they, you know, do the wrong productions right Mm -hmm. off the bat, but it can be a really amazing experience for some people and really help people grow, you know, in terms of their sexuality, but Mm -hmm. also, yeah, in terms of just relationships with people. Cause porn's one of those interesting places where, you're working with so many different people and so many different personalities. Yeah. I mean, every set's different. Every mm-hmm. director is different. And then also having to be intimate with all these different people yes. with different preferences and different personalities. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this really intense training yeah. <laughs> to oh, like yeah. get along with other yeah. people. Thrown into the fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, that, that really was everything for me. I, I was absolutely terrified of it, but as soon as I was in it, I saw that like it wasn't as intimidating as it all seemed. And and yeah, I mean, I think there is that stereotype that like porn can ruin people or people can have terrible experiences like you said, like everyone has their own experience, but I feel like I was so lucky to just come in at a time where everyone around me was just so excited for me. I just, Mm -hmm. I really felt other people's excitement and it got me excited and it, it changed everything for me. I mean, I, I have grown so much as a person just within this industry and I really credit it all to just the people that I was surrounded by. So, and yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I will tell you from a producer's perspective that it's really refreshing to work with people who are serious about their their career Mm -hmm. and to, you know, people who take the time, like people who pull me aside to say like, what could I do to be better? That's so appreciated because I'm like, oh, you take this seriously. Like you actually want, want to improve Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's quite a few people that I work with and actually just had the experience like this week 
where they're just not really serious about it. Yeah. They're just kind of like here mm-hmm. and like whatever. And I don't really have a ton of consideration for your time. And this is just a big party. And I'm, you know, just going to like be high all the time. And, <sighs> and you know what I mean? And yeah. whatever it's, it's, and there are some people who, um, I think maybe get into the industry a little young and, yeah, and we all, you know, have room to grow. I mean, I certainly was, you know, not the brightest person or the most motivated or the most serious about anything at 18, 19, yeah, 20. Definitely. So, um, but when you do come across people who are like, you know, I really take this seriously and I, I want to be professional and I want to improve. It's just like, Oh my gosh, let me help you yes. do that mm-hmm. because we want more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes my life so much easier if I'm working with people who really care about what they're creating. Yes. And I didn't know anything. So I I just, I'm like, I'm going to ask all the people around me who I know are successful and Mm -hmm. who care about what they're doing. And I seem to get along with, like, I I didn't see any harm in just asking. I didn't see, like, any sort of criticism as a negative thing either, too. I wanted to hear, like, what I could do better. And I think those, I'm, now, whenever I meet newer girls and, and, it seems either they're in that space that you were describing of just kind of feeling it out and like maybe they care more about getting high or, you know, just going with the flow. Um, it's hard for me to to want to work with them, but at the same time, I want to just give them that extra bit of love to be like, hey, like, I mean, it can be different. Like you yeah. can, you can take it a little more seriously and see more of a return in, mm-hmm. in your career. If you actually just give that extra bit of consideration. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what you give, um, you know, you can get back Definitely. tenfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, and I think too, probably, I mean, I'm not a performer, but I would imagine that, you know, other performers as well as, you know, there's a real like camaraderie between performers, especially when, you know, you're dealing with a career that's so stigmatized, faces yeah, so much stigma definitely. from the outside world and you yourselves know it's different than how other people imagine it is. So mm-hmm. there's like, you know, you kind of want to protect each other yeah. in a way as well and really like help each other out. Mm-hmm, and it's, it, we're definitely like in a place where like there's enough work to go around. Yes. Like there used to, there was a time where like there really wasn't enough jobs for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that there was a lot more like cutthroat, mm-hmm. but now that's just like, there's so many productions going on. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it's funny because my friend, Mike Quasar and I laugh about this. Oh, I, love him. I know everyone loves Mike, <laughs> but he's just like, I'm working every day. And, and there's like a, a, a um, like a vacuum of like, kind of great cameraman and he was like i don't understand he's like no one pays for porn anymore where's all this money coming from that like people want to hire me every day like i don't get it and i was just like yeah i actually like i have to turn down jobs too i mean i could work every day if i wanted to but i fucking i don't want to no no so like Mm -hmm. i turned down a lot of jobs as well because like i just like two to three days a week is like more than enough for me i can't do more i just can't i completely understand that i'm actually like kind of coming out of a little break that I took of Mm. just shooting because, and, and also directing just because I, I needed to take some time for my mental, emotional side of myself. And Mm. I, I feel like that's something that 
you know, when you get into this business and you get sucked into the flow of it all and you're getting booked like three, four plus days out of the week and you're not, you're just, there, there came a point where I started feeling like it wasn't as exciting for me and it wasn't, I wasn't having the passion for it like I was before. Yeah. And I did not want that to happen. So I took a step back and I felt really anxious about it at first because you're so used to being in that workflow and hustling all the time and and like, like, do you worry? Like no one's ever going to hire me again. They're going to forget about me. Like exactly. And then I realized, no, no, I feel so much better. I've been focusing on my spirituality more. I've been just taking time to like go to the gym and see a trainer and like see a therapist and all this stuff. And I just feel so much better. And now when I go to work, it's beautiful. It's just like it was when I first started and I'm, I love it so much. So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally hear you. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to, I came back from Italy a couple of weeks ago and I went for like two weeks. And I remember being right before I left, and this always happens every time I go on vacation, I try to cram all my shoots in before mm-hmm. I leave. And because yeah. I have like a set amount of shoots that I normally do for twisties and then some other clients. Um, so I have to like have to get everything done because I'm always terrified of turning down work from like my regulars because I'm like afraid that they're going to give it to somebody else mm-hmm. and decide that they're better than I am. And like, I'll never get those jobs no. back, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I remember thinking like, so like, why am I even going? Like, this is so stressful, but, um, yeah, I needed that break and I came back and I was like ready to work again, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, you need to step back. Cause, and that's why I don't like to shoot more than three days a week. I just shot three days in a row, which like, man, I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. And I get, I totally get burned out. And I feel like I, I just, my level of professionalism goes down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as detail oriented. I just start to say, fuck it more often. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I just want to wrap the scene and yes. I don't want to get there because mm-hmm. I've been there before. And then like the quality of my work suffers and that's not fair to the people who are paying me expecting exactly. a certain level from me. Exactly. So I can't, I can't overwork myself. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to just have a good solid foundation for your own well being, mm-hmm. And then you can like empty your cup into other cups. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as far as you have the energy to invest in things that maybe normally you, you wouldn't or like have the patience or the, the ability to navigate certain situations mm-hmm. that you wouldn't before. So yeah, I, I'm a big advocate for taking care of yourself yeah. before anything. So yeah. And I almost feel like in this culture, uh, especially in Los Angeles where, you know, it's all about the drive and how much you can succeed and how much mm-hmm. you can achieve that, that we tend to put our our health on the back burner. I know I've done that so many times. Yes. Like I'll be feeling sick and I'll be like, fuck it. You know, like yeah. in my head, it's like no excuses, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like stop being a whiny little baby and get that shit done. Like people are relying on you, mm-hmm. but, but you're right. It's so important to step back and, and take care of yourself. And even like getting something like a massage, like feels like so indulgent, like, Oh God, yeah. you know, like if, I don't know, sometimes when I hear other people say that, I'm just like, Oh, you, <laughs> but it's like you need that like your muscles are so sore yes. from like fucking in reverse cowgirl for 15 yes. minutes you know what I mean <laughs> like you need that time and then mm-hmm. going to the gym is like for me so important yes like I got up at uh, 6 this morning so I could go Hell take yeah. a hit class before I came here that's awesome even though I really wanted to sleep in because mm-hmm. I'm really tired but I was like I have to work out because yeah. otherwise I'll lose my mind I feel you so you said that you've been focusing on, so you were actually before I get there. Yeah. So you were directing for a while. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, who were you directing for and 
What was that like? And how was it different from performing? So I directed for uh, MissX.com, AllHerLove.com, and then I did a little like guest director thing for um, Girls Way. Mm-hmm. So um, working with um, All Her Love and um, Miss X, it was really cool because I had the opportunity to write my scripts. I could book everybody myself. I could like I took care of everything. I ran the whole show, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was really cool to be able to not only be behind, you know, the orchestrating the different actors and everything, but to create a story and watch it come to life. Mm-hmm. And that that's something that I had the chance to experience um, for um, Pure Taboo, where mm-hmm. I, I wrote my script for my first DP that I did for them and stuff. So after that experience, I was like, this is something I really, really want to try doing. And It's different, right? Yeah. When you be, get to be able to control the story oh, yeah. and then write your own script. Because I just started um, directing movies where I, like, I'd never written my own script before. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for fucking over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I just started shooting for Wicked and I have to write my own scripts. And, and it's so different than like filming someone else's movie. Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, because it's like you're baby at that mm-hmm. point and there's certain things you you aren't willing to like part with mm-hmm. and you you need them in the story or mm-hmm. if something happens circumstances change like it doesn't always come out exactly how you have it in your head nope but you know we have to do our best yes. with what we have and you know just i think the process of just experiencing that and learning from it is as beautiful as it is so i mean i i had a, so much fun i got to work with um or direct um and work with Tommy Pistol and AJ Applegate in a scene that was built around a real life experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And um, it was where I was kind of seeing this girl and she was married and kind of lets me in on this um, or tries to lead me into a thruple type situation, but in a very, very manipulative way. A thruple? Yeah. So like they, like a third, they wanted me as a third in their relationship. I've never heard that term yeah. before. <laughs> so you would be the thruple? Like I would be the third and it becomes a thruple. A couple oh, a thruple. Cu- oh. Yep, yep. Wow, that took me a second <laughs> to get that. I've literally never heard that term before. It's interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. But like it's just a lot of manipulation that goes into the story mm-hmm. where where Tommy is brilliant as he is with playing all kinds of characters yeah. but, yes. and um that him and aj together was fantastic and i i just played myself in the story and mm-hmm. it it just takes some twists and turns that you don't expect and it was a lot of fun to to not only direct it but be in it i realized that's a lot of work so i don't know if i want to do that again but it was a lot of fun um and i i think it's just it's just Amazing, like I said, to like build something from scratch and watch it become a reality and, and just get the, the pleasure of, of also seeing people create beautiful sex on camera and like know that you were the one who was behind like orchestrating all of this. And I don't know, it was just really fulfilling. It, it felt felt incredible and and, I mean it's very different from performing because I mean I found myself at certain points where I'm like directing and watching I'm like getting so lost in everything that's happening I'm like I'm not in the scene focus on what I'm doing like (laughs) but you know I mean it's just yeah no I get so like (laughs) you gave me a flashback of my mother and I know that that sounds weird (laughs) 
<laughs> but for people who know that my mom, you know, is Suze Randall and she's the whole goddamn reason I'm in this business. And she uh, directed movies back in the day and mm-hmm. was a photographer, you know, a erotic photographer, mostly that. But I remember when we started shooting, because for a long time we just did photos and mm-hmm. then the internet came along and then like video became more of a thing. Yeah. And we started shooting videos and she was like supposedly directing, but literally all she would do is she would stand there and watch the monitors and smoke a cigarette and start like swaying her hips <laughs> like she was the one in the scene. And then she'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, mom, shut up. We're rolling audio. She's like, yes, darling. And I'm like, okay. Oh and then I had to make her leave. I had to make her leave. My mom was not allowed to stay for a video because she couldn't keep her fucking mouth shut. She's just gyrating in the background, smoking a cigarette like she's in the seat. I was like, get out of here. I have never heard of anything like that. Wow. <laughs> so weird. That's quite But also not because like if you know my mom. Yes. Like, oh, that totally makes sense. Susan would do. That's Anyways, so sorry. Just like that vision of my fucking mom. No, I love it. Sm- cigarette in hand, gyrating hips, just punch me right in the face. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I didn't have the cigarette, but I was sitting there just Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. Sometimes when it's like a really amazing scene and like they're really there's a lot of chemistry and they're really mm-hmm. engaging. It's it's hard not to get I don't like I'm very jaded and I'm, you know, like people always ask me like are you do you get turned on when you watch scenes and I don't. Um but I do get excited, like from a production standpoint, yes. when something really great is like a really great scene is unfolding. Yes. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is awesome, mm-hmm. and the energy, and like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I'm just thinking about the final product and how it's going to be received really well. Yes. So it's like a different kind of excitement. Mm-hmm. I now understand that though, because yeah. it was a combination of of like. I mean, as a performer, you're on set and you watch other people shoot scenes all the time. And like, you can sit there and just objectively be like, wow, that was a great scene, like mm-hmm. great chemistry, all of that. But then to sit there and experience that and also experience like, this is, this is what we're putting out. Like, this is going to be this is my product. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. It was like next level. So yeah, I mean, super fulfilling, beautiful, but yeah, I mean, I did decide to take a step back from not just directing, but also performing for a little bit. And I've been focusing on my own content and just producing that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, focusing on myself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all of that. And I feel better than ever. So I'm excited for 2020 because I'm just going to come back full force. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a great segue to come back to say that we're going to come back full force after this commercial break. So hang tight, guys. We'll be right back. Support for Holly Randall Unfiltered comes from Manscaped, who is the number one product in men's below-the-belt grooming. Is it too early to talk about Christmas? Um, Hello, it's never too early to talk about Christmas, and it's definitely not too early to start thinking about the perfect Christmas gift, which is, of course, smooth hairless balls. Have you never given that gift before? Think about it. This is the perfect gift for you and your sex partner. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels, and they've redesigned your basic electric trimmer to the Lawnmower 2.0. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag those precious ornaments. Plus, you get the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, products to keep everything down there smelling fresh, preventing any sweat or stickiness. 
So just in time for the holidays, my listeners get a special 20% off your entire order, including a bonus travel bag, a pair of boxers, and free accelerated shipping with the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off a special bonus package with free shipping at manscaped.com, but only if you use the code HOLLY. Naughty or nice, this is the number one gift on Santa's list. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So one thing I did want to ask you before we move on to the you uh, working as a director Mm -hmm. um, subject is what about directing maybe changed how you are as a performer? Like, were there things that you saw from a production standpoint, which made sense now that maybe when you were a performer, like didn't really click or you were like, why is this director so weird or anal about this? And then like you end up being in that role and then you're like, oh, I get it now. Like that kind of thing. It's funny because I feel like as a performer, like what I feel like kind of helped me to grow as a performer was to be aware of a lot of the production and what was happening. And so I feel like I had actually quite a bit of that knowledge um, from before, but definitely after directing there, there's just things that you wouldn't fully have, have an understanding of how important it really is as far as like, um, like clappers and marking and like mm-hmm. colors and stuff that you're showing the camera so that the editor can get all of the color right and everything like that. Um, I knew that that was important, but you didn't know exactly why. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, but I, I am grateful because I think being aware of the fact that, you know, lighting is a thing. And um, I mean, this where where you're cutting you have to stay in certain positions and yeah, like i don't the know continuity all the continuity mm-hmm. all these different details um why you can't like one thing that i was dealt with a lot this week was me giving someone direction and then them doing that move while i'm talking mm-hmm. and i have to be like no 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 I, when back, i give you yeah. direction give it a couple of beats and then do that because mm-hmm. if you do that while i'm telling you we can't use that footage because my voice is talking. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, little things like that. Yeah. Things you have to think about the editor a lot more yes. when you're directing. And yeah. I mean, again, I'm grateful that that's something that I had on my mind as a performer beforehand too, because that really helped me as a director. Like I, I don't know. I, I've always, it's been a goal of mine when I'm on set to just try and make the day easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I want to be aware of everything, but um, there's nothing like actually experiencing being behind the camera and directing a scene that, that really prepares you. So you understand as a performer, like how to help your director so, or not help, but like do your job better to make your director's job easier too. Yeah. So. And then also too, I think that being a performer in a way also gives you an advantage over directors who've never been a performer because mm-hmm. you understand how the performer feels. Yes. I think um, I catch myself doing this and I have to kind of remind myself mm-hmm. and I've had like some experience in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I've never been a performer, but sometimes I have to recognize like how actually draining being talent can be yeah, and how exhausting it can be and mm-hmm. bringing like your energy when maybe you're having a bad day or yeah. a bad week 
memorizing your lines, um, trying to stay sexy when you're freezing your ass yep. off, like all of these things that, that go into it. Cause it's easy for people to think like, Oh, you know, how hard can your job be? You're just fucking in front of a camera or you're just like mm-hmm. looking pretty in front of a camera. And it's actually not true. Like the mental energy that goes into all of that is it's a lot. Yeah. And I actually didn't fully understand that until I hosted my Playboy TV show for like four seasons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, being talent's fucking tough. Yeah. Like, it's really exhausting. And I remember there was a time that I was trying to do these lines and I kept fucking them up. And, you know, and it was so funny because I could, see, I saw the reversal, you know, when yeah. I've been interviewing talent and they keep fucking lines up and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. But at the same time, I'm looking at my watch fuck dude you're causing mm-hmm. me like another hundred dollars and like overtime yeah yeah like it's oh, it's okay take your time but mm-hmm. like don't really take no time. like yeah. actually get this yes. fucking together and having that in my head while i was trying to do these lines like i lost it i actually started i started laughing hysterically and then i broke into tears no. like out of nowhere and i started sobbing and then you know when you're crying you try to stop crying that makes you cry more yep yeah i couldn't stop it's so weird and they had to like take a break i had to like go lie down and i remember being so mad at myself because like i've been you know what i mean yeah. like other people have done that before on camera to me like in my head i've always been like god this girl's a fucking train wreck like get your shit together but then yeah I was like, well, i'm the train wreck now like i get it you know what i mean it gave mm-hmm. me a, a new understanding definitely i feel it was so valuable yeah i think we we need those experiences i, th- I think perspective is everything i think empathy is everything yeah. too just being able to put yourself in other people's shoes i mean the, I mean, this is a job as, as much as we love this job and as, as much as it brings to us, it is still a job. And sometimes people have things going on at home. They have personal stuff going on and you're on set with somebody who maybe had a death in the family or like just had, went through a breakup or you don't know. And, and you may not be getting their full 100% like performer energy that you would like to make your day easier, but you have to just accept that and try to be compassionate and try to make the scene as good as you possibly can. Because I don't know, sometimes you deal with all different kinds of energy on set. And I, I think it's important to be able to roll with the punches. And that's something I do pride myself in because I don't get too messed up when, when people are are like too thrown off, off my footing. I don't know what the saying is, but (laughs) thrown off guard. Yeah. Thrown off guard. Yeah. There you go. Um, when people are kind of coming at me with a different sort of energy, but it it can still affect you regardless. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important to be able to center yourself and separate yourself from what's happening and understand that like everybody has their own shit going on. This is a job as much as I love it. It's a job and I yeah. have to be compassionate. Yeah. yeah. So um, in that sense, do you find that, because we were just earlier talking about how there's so many more female directors mm-hmm. than there are male directors, do you find that it's a different experience working for a female director versus a male director? Definitely. I mean, I, I, I will say there are definitely a lot of male directors that are compassionate and thoughtful, but I, I do feel like there's more compassion and thoughtfulness coming from a female director in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and it, I mean, it'll always feel very safe, very mm-hmm. comfortable because there's not really much of a risk of somebody cracking a certain joke or yeah. I don't know. I think trying to use their authority for certain sexual favors. Yeah. So I suppose it's, it could certainly happen. Yeah. I mean, right. it, it could. Yeah. But I, I'm grateful that 
in those environments, that's just not really as much yeah. of a thought. Not that that's horribly, you know, um, it's not something that's happening all the time, but mm-hmm. it happens. So it's just always more comfortable when you're on set where you feel safe like that. Um, yeah, there's just more, there's a perspective that I appreciate mm-hmm. coming from a female director. Yeah. Anything like specific? Um, I mean, I just feel like the entire energy on set is is a little lighter, if that makes sense. Okay. I don't know. I mean, just I'm coming from a more spiritual perspective, yeah, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. But um, I I don't know. It's it, there's just some nothing like being on set with like a female crew that mm-hmm. that it's it's so empowering, especially mm-hmm. right now. I feel like we've had, you know, this really insane feminist movement that's been like pushing through. We've had the Me Too movement. There's all this like women coming into power and, mm-hmm. and really feeling that. And when you're around a bunch of other women who are motivated in that same way and you're in this environment of in, in, a, in an industry that is dominated by men, mm-hmm. um, it, it just feels really good. And I feel like everybody is so much more proud of their product and putting in this kind of um, energy and effort that you don't normally see. So I, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. I I will say from my own perspective, if I could maybe point out like one big difference that that might be true is that at least for me as a woman, I feel like I can empathize with a girl not like maybe having some um, self-esteem and insecurity issues about how they look, Mm -hmm. um, about like how an outfit fits Mm -hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Like that whole, and I think sometimes men don't, get that because I don't think that men experience the same kind of um, microscope, societal microscope that that we have on us and all Mm -hmm. the expectations that women feel put on themselves Mm -hmm. about like how we have to look beautiful all the time and have we have to be like this skinny and we have to be like this you know what I mean yeah I mean especially in this business too we're literally under a microscope people are zooming in like 10 times on (laughs) this is true like like shooting an 8k which I am now doing for my wicked movies I know I'm very sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I mean it's where we literally are under a microscope so it's a beautiful thing to have somebody who's compassionate and understanding of, of those insecurities because yeah those exist I think I mean, never, never in my life did I anticipate considering like, oh, I don't know. It's not that I'm considering doing these things, but mm. there's, we, I have moments of like, wow, you know, maybe a nose drop would be nice. Or like, oh, fake tits kind of sound nice. Or like mm-hmm. a Brazilian butt lit and all these things. Cause that's a thing that a lot of people are doing as yeah. they're going. And, and I'm, I'm all for the freedom of people doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like it's your choice, but I, there's a lot of influence, heavy influence from social media, from, you know, the fan base, from other women that you're competing with, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we're, we are all in this together, there is some sort of competition of just at of least making sure that you're continuing to get your certain level of work that you're comfortable with. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of pressure coming from that. I'm There's a lot of people going out and getting a lot of things done to themselves. So Yeah, yeah I have to say that I... Um, I am very grateful that I don't work in front of the camera Mm -hmm. because um, I'm very self-critical. And when I've had times in front of the camera, like for example, I always go back to talking about the Playboy TV show, but that was the only time that I was ever like on camera for a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, I, first of all, I couldn't, it was hard for me to watch the episodes because I just think I'm such an idiot. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just like, I'm like, oh God, I'm so annoying. My voice, everything is so annoying about me. And, and I remember thinking like, I just looking at myself and being like, I need so much plastic surgery. No, but I, I know, but, this- but just like watching myself like that all the time and being like, God, this, you know, and it really fucked with my head. So yeah. I was actually kind of glad when the whole series like ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that was not a good place for me to be in. Yeah. Like I saw like my my mindset start to change and and me starting to think that I needed to do all these things to yeah. myself to make myself like look better. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things that, you know, I intellectually knew weren't true, but it's hard not to let those thoughts kind of burrow into your brain and yes. like nest in there and then grow. And yeah, so I it's understand true. completely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, being in front of a camera with a certain type of lighting and certain lens and, you know, and being like naked makeup in front and, of the yeah, camera and being too. in like really unflattering positions, yep. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, just, I don't, you got, I mean, seriously, hats off to you guys because <laughs> I'm just like, I would, I couldn't do it. There's lots of photos and videos of me on the internet that I wish were never on the internet. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I've also finally come to a point where it's like, what can I do? Like, even yeah. if I really hate this photo or really hate this specific shoot that I did, it's out there and some people are enjoying it. So, I mean, if someone's enjoying it, then yeah. I got to be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. So Yeah, it just makes you realize that not everybody sees what you see. Yeah, exactly. We're our own worst critics for yeah. sure. For sure. So I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned it a couple of times about how, you know, you took some time off mm-hmm. and you were like focusing on your spirituality. So what does that mean for you? So for me, I think spirituality, what I love about spirituality as a whole is that it's very personal. It's something that like you can just morph and make your own. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, you know, in an environment where being spiritual was very accepted in my family. So it it wasn't something that I had to fight for and it's just always come naturally to me. Um so it was more just like kind of coming back to myself if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I first got into the industry, like I said, I I mean there's a lot of growth that's taken place with me just with a lot of my like insecurities or um social anxiety and stuff like that um but i think one of the biggest pushes for that change and that growth was my spirituality and just becoming trying to just be more self-aware and observant of myself and thought patterns and you know just really doing a lot of work internally Mm -hmm. and trying to help be my own cheerleader in a way if that makes sense you know just just to to be my first love if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like my biggest priority and and to really pour into myself more so than I I ever have in my life to be honest um I think being in porn like has been a beautiful thing for me and I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon but it it really consumed me it really Mm -hmm. took so much out of me after I felt like it gave me a lot. It took so much in a way where I, I don't know. I just got really wrapped up in, in the day to day and get, getting wrapped up in the politics and the drama. And, and there's, there's, there's a whole community yeah. of, of things going on. So that was extremely draining for me. And 
it it just really took me taking a step back and taking a pause. And I mean, even getting out of the country, I went to Mexico for a little bit just for a quick vacation yeah. and stuff. And sometimes you just need to get yourself out of the environment and to break like some of the bad habits. Yeah. And like certain like thought patterns and yeah. stuff. I was, I was just, I, I have been my own worst critic. I've, I'm really hard on myself. So I'm just learning to be softer and more understanding of myself, which is in turn helping me to be way more compassionate and understanding of other people too. And I, I just feel like I have more patience and understanding and, and, um, it's easier for me to accept things as they are. I I feel like I used to be somebody when I first got into the industry that would dwell on things and just, it would, Mm -hmm. it would tear me apart. The smallest thing or the, it it doesn't matter if it's little or big, it would just really eat me up. Mm -hmm. And so when I say like my spirituality, it really has been just, you know, spending time alone with myself. Sometimes I microdose on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love to just meditate and get out in nature and, and try to just be present. I think you have, you experience what so many people who are successful experience is that like double-edged sword of perfectionism. I would imagine that you're probably like constantly trying to hone your craft and become mm-hmm. better at what you do. And the great thing about that is that, you know, one is always seeking to improve themselves, but then the bad part of that is that like we're, we're very self-critical yeah and yeah. um we're almost like never happy it's like never mm-hmm. enough you know Definitely. i could be better i could do better yeah and, and that can become really damaging yeah and consuming for yeah. sure yeah i mean i i got connected with pineapple support at a certain point was like i just want to see a therapist just to like see what they can offer me even though i didn't know if how in need i was or how I don't I think, know. I I think everyone can benefit. Therapy is so good for yes. so many people. I mean, I I have um I have one. I don't see her as often as I used to. Um, but you know, I go back to her time to time when I'm struggling with something because yeah. it's just really important to have somebody who you can kind of bounce things off of and help you see things in a different way. Because we get so caught up in the same old, you know, ruts in our head and the same thought patterns like you were saying, yeah. where we only see things one way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you can see somebody, you could be like, what about like shifting your perspective and looking at it this way. And then you're like, I never thought of that. And then sometimes it can just open up a whole new way of thinking, which can be so helpful. Yeah, definitely. So I want to ask you actually about Pineapple Support. So for those of you who don't know, Pineapple Support is an organization that's fairly new that was created um, to help performers and producers in the adult industry deal with mental health issues. And I don't think I've ever talk to anybody who's used that resource. So mm-hmm. how, how did that work for you? So I actually met someone I, and I feel horrible cause I can't remember her name, but I met someone really high up at a, at a dinner once mm-hmm. for AVN and she was telling me all about it. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of anything like this. We need this. And she referred me to the website. So I went to the website, I filled out this sheet of like my information and um, my area and like what I'm comfortable with paying. Cause they, what they also do is they offer some supplemental, like they'll, they'll pay for a portion of your, mm-hmm. um, your sessions and they, they may even fully cover it depending on where you're, you stand like financially and mm-hmm. what you're comfortable with paying. So people who wouldn't typically have access to, you know, a therapist now are gaining access and it's, it's a really incredible thing. So um, I, got connected to a therapist within a few days and I went and saw her, I think within a week. And 
was like a perfect match. I was so I've I've been to other therapists yeah. before I got into the industry and finding somebody that you vibe with is so difficult. So I was really impressed that literally the first one I was like, you get like she she was supportive of my spirituality and like very understanding of that. And they're mm-hmm. all very sex worker friendly. Yes. Which um, is so therapists. Important. Yes. It's actually shocking about how little um, education therapists have on sex and yes. sexuality and sex workers. I actually recently did an educational video for Sexual Health Alliance, mm-hmm. and it's specifically for training for therapists, mm-hmm. um, educating them about like the adult industry and sex work and stuff like that. That's awesome. Because for so long, I think so many people just naturally assumed if you worked in sex work, the adult industry, that was responsible for like so many of your problems, yep. right? You know yep. what I mean? Cause it was mm-hmm. always considered a very unhealthy area mm-hmm. to work in, but I think that perspectives on that are changing. Yes, definitely. So it's so important to find a therapist who, who respects what you do for a living and doesn't like automatically try to pinpoint that as the, the reason for your trauma mm-hmm. or whatever you're dealing with. Yes. Um, and, uh, and also to what you said, like it can be really hard to find a therapist that you vibe with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people will go see a therapist once and it's someone that they don't vibe with. And then they're like, oh, this therapy thing's bullshit. And mm-hmm. then they just like never go back. Yep. And I went through many therapists until I found the one that I see now who I really like. Mm-hmm. And I just think I just want people who have never sought therapy but are considering it to like know that you may not like the first therapist that you meet. And that's okay. And you just need to keep trying different people. Yeah. And you'll eventually find somebody who works for you. Because yeah. it, I mean, it's understandable, you know, yeah. it's like certain personalities work together and, yeah. and that's the case in therapy as well. Sometimes it's like dating. I mean, yeah. <laughs> seriously, Some, I mean, serious it's, commitment a there. Very, it's a very intimate relationship. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, they're supposed to be your support in, yeah. in a way. I mean, somebody to talk to and like bounce things off of. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's a big deal. Um, but I got really lucky and I got connected with somebody who is perfect for me and I see her either every week or every other week and it's it's been great. I mean, I, I'm almost at a point where I feel like I don't necessarily need to see her as often as I have been. Um, yeah. And I mean, it feels amazing to be at this point and it only took me like, I don't know, maybe like six or so months of seeing her and just, I mean, I think it might have even been less but yeah. it, I mean, I just feel like I've been telling all of my friends about pineapple support and trying to get everybody connected. Cause I mean, the honest to God truth is that everybody on this earth has experienced trauma in yeah, one way, shape That's or another. That's what being human is all about. Exactly. Life I'm, is not easy. No. I'm, I mean, it may have been small or you may not remember much of it or mm. it may be big and it may be something in your face right now. But I mean, to, to kind of like, I feel like a lot of people just brush the idea of therapy aside and they're just there's like, still, no. Yeah. There's still a big stigma attached yeah. to mental health. You know, we're supposed to all just be fine as we are. No. Suck it, it up. Yeah. It's like, it's generations of trauma that has occurred. So, <laughs> I mean, that's it, hard to, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's a pattern. And if you don't break it, then, you know, you will probably, you will not probably, you will take it to your children. Yeah. You know, if you decide to have children, yep. you know, a lot of children, I mean, you could almost always find like kids who are victims of, you know, bad parenting, abuse. Usually the parents had something happen to them when they were kids. And if you don't seek treatment, to to break that cycle, it will just continue. Yeah. 
So it's really important to, to recognize that, you know, therapy is, is really helpful or, or whatever you need to deal with whatever, you know, whatever you're facing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it really is a time right now of, of breaking cycles, like, Mm -hmm. like toxic cycles in so many different aspects of life right now. Um, I see so many people just, I mean, taking their power, I say for um, lack of a better way of saying it, I suppose, in so many different aspects of life. And it's beautiful. I'm really happy for all the people around me who are doing that and actually reaching out and like seeing therapists. And I don't know, it doesn't even have to be therapy, just finding something that helps center you, whether it's like a hobby or getting into your spirituality or meditating, exercise. Exactly. There's a lot of different ways to handle because life throws a lot of shit at you. It does. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Chris. Yeah, it was thank such you a pleasure speaking with you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you online and if you have any plugs that you want to plug? And are you going to AVN? Yes, I will be there. Mm-hmm. Are you signing for anybody? Yeah, I'm signing for Adult Time. That's so interesting because I will be also podcasting from the Adult Time yes. booth. So you guys should come by mm-hmm. and say hello to us. <laughs> we'll be there. Okay, sorry. I no, interrupted it's all you. Good. Go on. Um, so uh, everybody can find me on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is uh, Kristen Scott Triple X, I believe. No, yeah, that's it. Chris Scott Triple X. I'm sorry, the first one was deleted. <laughs> my bad. I, I do this every time. Um, and then my Instagram is Kristen Scott X, and uh, my OnlyFans, where you can find all of my new content, is OnlyFans slash Kristen Scott. So, yeah, there's lots of really cool stuff always coming out there. So. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, 2020 brings. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to yeah. be a fun year. <laughs> and you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. And like I said before, uh, we'll be at the Adult Time booth. So swing by, say hello, get an autograph. Get a picture. Um, We're excited to meet you all. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews. So make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of the show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month and watch the interviews stream live, which by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat, and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus, I offer tons of bonus content, Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms, and of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life, that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine, because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes... Well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind the scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious and she holds nothing back. 
So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and join the community. Your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry and hopefully the lives of the people in it. Next week on the podcast, I'm really excited to have Bella French, the CEO of many vids on the show. I've actually been trying to get her on for a while now. So I was really happy that we could finally make it work because she's obviously a very busy woman running the number one clip store site in the world. She's also an advocate for sex workers. She's a former cam girl as well. So she really understands what it's like to be in front of the camera and now working on the tech side behind it. She's a brilliant woman. She's a true entrepreneur and she's just overall a fascinating woman. So make sure that you come back next week for Bella French on Holly Randall Unfiltered.